Welcome to The Emil Show, a podcast about transforming relationships. Today, I'm going to be talking about all things relational. Specifically, I'm going to answer a couple of questions about relationship boundaries. Thanks for joining The Emil Show, where we talk about all things relational. And you are the star and the questions are the topics. Today, I'm going to be talking about, um, I'm going to address a couple of questions that people had. And these questions, you think that I made these questions up because I'm actually going to say their first names. You don't know their last names. But if those people who submitted these questions, they're going to know that these are real people. So Kate asks a question and Kim asks a question and they're, they're so related, and I think that they blend together, so I want to address both of them at the same time. So Kate asks this. This is what she says. In our relationship, I am his person. He's an introvert, so having one person works for him. He gets so annoyed and hurt when he's not always my person. I'm an extrovert, so that the thought of having only one person for all things makes me panic. How can I stop hurting his feelings when there are times I go to someone else for certain things? All right, now, that's Kate. Now, Kim's question is this. This is a question from somebody who's a therapist. One of my male clients this week feels like their spouse or girlfriend aren't setting clear boundaries with male coworkers. Both feel that their partner doesn't understand how men think and that women are naive and need to be more direct, all right? They both want them not to be friends or do anything outside of work. The woman feels different and wants to handle it a different way. So what, what they're wondering is, is, what are the boundaries? How do you have good boundaries in a relationship so that you don't get yourselves into trouble? In one of many of these podcasts that we'll be doing on infidelity and affairs, I thought this one would be a good one because I'm addressing the questions that real people have about what's going on in their relationship. And I'm going to be able to tie those two together and also set a foundation for some boundaries and rules in order for them to have a cohesive relationship without all the conflict. So, Let's look at risk factors in relationships, okay? What are the, rela- the, the risk factors of relationships outside of a marriage? Well, here are three things. I didn't make these things up. You can Google it, figure out where they are, but here are the three things. One is, is that person the appropriate gender, okay? So if I'm a gay guy, Is the other gay guy a gay guy? Okay, so my friend, are they in the same sexual attraction? All right, in terms of gender. Number two, are they within the same age range? Okay, give or take. So are they in that, uh, are they plus or minus seven, eight, ten years? Um, The other thing is, is are they attractive? Now, those three elements are the risk factors. And those are the ones we kind of have to watch out for. Look, if I've got a seven-year-old woman who's got a crush on me, my wife is not concerned, okay? She's not worried about that. If there's a 
45-year-old girl's got a crush on me. That's a problem. I know for some of you, it's like going, that's just, that's, I can't even imagine that. But just bear with me, okay? So if there are some elements that are part of those risk factors, then I need to be even more careful to how to manage those boundaries. When relationships go from a friendship to full-on adultery, people don't actually plan that out. I haven't had one client in my, come in my office and say, you know, I've been trying to figure out how to have an affair and I just needed some strategies. So I kept on looking for what I needed to do to have a full-blown affair. I started out with, you know, it'd be a good idea to start out with a friendship. There we go. No, people don't do that. People aren't thinking tactics in terms of infidelity. In fact, what I find is that people are always behind the curve in their awareness of the current status of the relationship. They're always surprised that what they think and feel is happening in a relationship with someone of the opposite sex. And so protecting ourselves with those three, those three risk factors will help us diminish the likelihood of developing an affair. And everyone knows that there's not a lot of really nice, positive, pretty, okay, the crash scene of an adulterous affair isn't pretty for anybody, for the person who had the affair, for the person who's betrayed, the person that the affair was with, it's not a pretty sight, no matter what your perspective is. So, in order to diminish the likelihood of those things happening, we, we have to safeguard ourselves. We have to have these boundaries or rules. Now, the boundaries are to protect the sanctity and the security of the relationship that provides us a sense of value and meaning. And that value and meaning is special because it's different, because it's not taken for granted. We don't just open up and share our deepest and darkest feelings with whomever is interested because the more there's, there's this kind of this funky rule, the development of infidelity, the development of a relationship, the more you open up, or in other words, the more you share, the more you care. And the more you care, the more you bear until you're not in your underwear, okay? I know that may be a Dr. Seuss moment, but that's the progression of infidelity. And people don't plan this out, it evolves. Let me give you a, a real life scenario. Someone goes and, and engages in um, pickleball or tennis, okay? And they love to compete. Now they're doing mixed couples and the spouse really isn't that interested in being that competitive. So the spouse supports the, you know, competitive nature between a friend, a mutual friend, and the husband. Well, let's look at the risk factors already, all right? Number one, are they both heterosexual? Yes. All right. Is she within the attractive, you know, the, the age range of a potential relationship? Yes. Number three, is there is is this other person attractive? And 
there's a lot of slush that goes into that one. Okay. So they don't have to be super hot and sexy. They have to be attractive. Notice what I didn't say is, are they married? Not an issue. Okay. People who are married have affairs. That's why it's called an affair. They just don't plan those things out. So the three risk factors are the issues. So if he engages in this situation, this relationship, no matter how strong and solid the relationship is, what happens is if that person begins to share more information, more about what the thoughts and feelings are, then it starts to replace the relationship with the spouse. And so what once was sacred, okay, and unified and was protected with these boundaries, well, that boundary is opened up and allowed someone else to come in. In fact, pinching out, because no one wants to be the third wheel. So she becomes the emotional third wheel. He's already shared his thoughts and feelings with so-and-so, his partner in sports. And so it doesn't come to his mind to share that with his spouse. And so he starts looking forward to the time they spend together and the good conversations. And guess what? It's all copacetic. It's all good. And it's nothing wrong. There's nothing sexual going on. Uh-uh. And that's the delusional belief is that it's okay because it hasn't crossed the boundary. Well, the boundary's already crossed. You just didn't see it yet. The boundary that was crossed is you start to open up emotionally to somebody else. And when you start opening up to somebody else, feelings start to develop. Now, you got the, the man and the woman who are spending time together. We can't assume that everybody's relationship is locked down, solid, tight, and everyone's getting all their feelings met. Remember what Kate was asking. I'm unable to get all my needs met from my husband. He is simple, doesn't need a lot of social interactions. And so I, I can't get all my feelings met, my emotions met, my needs met, my relational needs met with my husband. So I want to go out and, you know, have relationships with other people, which is totally fine if we're careful to watch out for the three risk factors. No problem with having relationships with other people who are heterosexual, who are in the same gender, who are also attractive. And so those three elements are the ones we need to be careful for. And we have to have rules about those. All right, so back to my story, right? So what happens with this guy and this girl that are playing tennis together, they're starting to spend more and more time together. They look forward to spending more and more time together. And as they spend more time together, they start sharing more and more and more. Now what's happening? Their spouses are being kind of pinched out of the conversations. So even when they spend time together, guess who's doing all the chit chat? My wife and her husband. Okay. Those guys are doing the chit chat, right? And so they're having this conversation. So we're having a conversation. They're super excited about a tennis match they're doing and what they got to work on and blah, blah, blah. And even though the content of the conversations seems very benign, the process of their interaction, the comfort in their interactions is the seed of a relationship. And so far, what's tricky is that 
there's no red light flashing that says, hey, 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 you got to slow this down. You got to back this off. Why? Because neither one of them have romantic feelings for the other person. There's no butterflies. It's just, hey, it's all great. It's all nice. No big problem. But the problem is, is if they continue to open up, if they continue to share, feelings are inevitable. And we don't know what the quality of the other person's relationship is. What if the other spouse hasn't had someone spend so much time and attention on the things that they're interested in? It's no matter how great of a service or the back rubs that they're getting, those things about being attentive and thoughtful and excited about something that that partner is excited about is now being met by the other person's spouse. And so now they start to get more and more comfortable and those comforts they grow, they're kind of sprouting more and more. The seed is growing and now they start having feelings and they're both surprised by it. Uh, how in the, but you know what? It would be inappropriate to bring up that I have feelings. It would also be extremely difficult to bring those up to my spouse. What do you say? Hey, you know, my friend, I'm starting to develop feelings for that person. I just thought I'd let you know, and I got to figure out how to kind of dial that back. No, it's too awkward. They don't want to hurt you. So what they do is they keep those feelings inside as a secret. And the more they keep those feelings inside as a secret, it's like putting those emotions in a, in a nice sunroom, okay, where it can grow even faster because secrecy creates more of a connection with those two, and it leaves their spouse out. So now the relationship starts to grow. And here's what's interesting. People believe that the feelings mean something. Oh my gosh, these feelings I'm having. These are not the same feelings I have for my spouse. So there must be something special about these feelings that I have. And I would be disingenuous to myself. I wouldn't be true to myself if I didn't pursue these feelings. Now that's self-deceit, self-betrayal, but it's usually on the subconscious level. They don't really recognize it. Why? Because they're selfishly seeking the emotional experience of the comfort when they're with the other person or talking to the person or spending time planning with the other person. And so what happens, those feelings start to grow deeper and deeper and deeper until finally get so awkward, they start to confess their feelings for each other, which creates greater vulnerability between the two of them and strengthens that relationship. So now they start to talk about their feelings of the relationship. Well, the feelings that begin to be slightly romantic have the potential and the direction and the momentum to want affection. That connection, the emotional connection, leads to physical affection because now they want the physical connection. So now they're a little bit more affectionate to each other. Well, that trajectory, okay, it's going to hit a plateau. And that's when the wings fall off this bird, okay? And then it starts to come down and crash and burn. Now, they could keep it in flight for quite some time. And people do. But ultimately, it doesn't fly forever. It leaks out. People find out. 
that finally comes out and now everyone is brokenhearted. So that is the progression of a relationship with zero plans to have it happen that way. So now we've got that. Now what I want to do is I want to back the bus up, kind of see where we were before this even happened. Now, this kind of situation can happen even when a relationship is good and comfortable. And people would say, yeah, I've got a really good relationship with my spouse. So even when the relationship is already solid and good, the violation of the boundaries by um, not protecting ourselves against those risk factors of attraction, age, and gender, those things open us up to even when a relationship is great, to, to destroy it. But what if, what if somebody isn't getting their emotional needs met? Let's look at betrayal. Oftentimes, betrayal is the word we use for when someone does something severe in the relationship. Big trauma. I might be a little bit, you know, controversial when I say this, but let's back it up all the way to the marriage ceremony, the marriage commitment. When husbands and wives get married, they make some commitments to each other. And the commitments that they make either blatantly, okay, that they will love and cherish and honor and respect till death do they part, okay, or forever. There are other elements to the relationship that are kind of assumed. In other words, we're going to, and we want to not only meet, hopefully exceed the needs and the wants that are appropriate in a marital relationship that would be illegal and inappropriate to get outside of the marriage. So let's look at what that means. A woman expects to be emotionally known, understood, accepted, loved, encouraged, supported. A woman wants that, okay? She wants to be known all the way. She needs an emotional connection. She would also like to be pursued, not just for the bits and pieces, but for the whole thing and the bits and pieces. Let's be honest. She wants to be, she wants the husband to have a hard time keeping his hands to himself. All right. Every woman wants their husbands to crave them. They also want romance. They want to be wined and dined, so to speak, not necessarily with money, but with time and attention and affection. A woman, a wife, expects those things to happen in a relationship. A husband and wife, they make the commitment that when they get married, they're going to have a fantastic relationship. But in general, and I know this isn't with everybody, okay, but in general, as a generalization, because I need to speak to the the masses, sometimes men can become lazy in the emotional connection, affection, and romance department, and therefore betray the marriage. They betray the marriage. 
Why? Because they're not providing the things that the spouse needs to be in a healthy relationship. Now, both of them suffer, but he is the one that's making, doing the betraying. Now, of course, that doesn't create trauma, but what it does create is it creates this emotional vacuum that makes her vulnerable to someone else giving her those, those needs, feeling those needs not necessarily strategically, but accidentally. Some other guy is just naturally good that way. And she doesn't realize how important it is until she starts to get those needs met. And it's so delightful and enjoyable. She doesn't want to shut that down. And she's, she's convinced that it's not going to turn into anything serious anyway. So it's no big deal. She doesn't have to be that concerned. It's not, it's not going to turn into a crash and burn. So what does she do? She fosters that relationship. And then knowing that it is going to cause some problems if she reveals it, she has to keep it a secret. You see how this pattern works? So that's if the husband is the betrayer of the affection, the emotional connection. Now, some men, they go, well, I just don't know how to do that very good. Okay, Google it. There's no more excuses, okay? There's so many people on YouTube. Search it. That's what husband can do. Now let's look at the wife. What can the wife do? Let's say the husband trying his best to create an emotional connection, all right? Tries to support, encourage, love, uh, uh, go on dates, be romantic. But sometimes the woman, she becomes preoccupied. Her emotional needs are being met. And now she has the responsibilities to raise kids and sometimes even to work. So her plate is full. And when a woman's emotional needs are being filled, okay, that doesn't actually create some kind of an aphrodisiac of arousal. It creates comfort. In fact, they feel so satisfied and good in the relationship, they can't wait to go to bed and get some sleep. And so if men aren't aware of what their role is in helping their spouse develop greater sexual interest, a wife can just start to think that it's not that big of a deal. It's not that big of a deal. You're a grown man. Take care of yourself. I got things to do. And remember, in the marriage commitment, we, we, we say that we're not going to go outside because that's infidelity. But the betrayal begins by not making it a priority in the relationship. Now, I would not suggest a woman make that a priority in the relationship if there isn't emotional security and safety. Nope, I wouldn't do it. Backwards. You got to put the foundation in before you put the roof on. Okay, so I wouldn't encourage a person to do that, but I would encourage them to make it a priority and say, hey, look, I need to put the roof on, but we need a solid foundation. I need that sense of emotional security. What do we need to do to do that so that I can put the roof on? That's the approach, not, well, if you're not going to put this foundation down, well, there's no need for me to put the roof up. And then we wait forever and ever and ever, and the relationship marriage house is never built, pretty much camping. Pathetic, miserable, mediocre relationship. Notice how the husband's betrayal can lead to the wife's betrayal. 
And even if the husband met all those needs, the wife can also betray the relationship in the marriage. And when a wife betrays the marriage relationship by not connecting in a physical way, that creates a sense of vulnerability for the husband. Now, the husband isn't looking, seeking it out. Sometimes they do, let's be honest. But you don't need to be looking or seeking it out. And then when someone starts to pay attention to him, uh, think that he's interesting and, and, and appealing and starts to pursue him, uh-oh, he's already weak. And so what does he do? That deliciousness of that interaction is so good, he doesn't want to sacrifice it. So he, he gives it a place for that seed to be planted, okay? And doesn't even realize that when you plant the seed and you nurture it, you're going to get the fruit. And the fruit of this seed, as sweet as it may be, is going to leave you sick and broken. And so when they invest time and energy and start to share, right? If you share, then you care. When you care, you bear. And you could be barren outside of your underwear. It gets that, it gets that bad in a very progressive way. So... These are the risk factors. How do we compensate for those risk factors? We can't just live in a vacuum in our house and never leave. So what we do is we incorporate um, risk limiters, okay? We need to manage the risk. One of the things that we can do is make sure that any relationship we have with someone of the opposite sex is included as a threesome or a foursome. Okay, there's no secrecy, there's no privacy in relationships with somebody that meets those three criteria. It's too dangerous. By including your partner in the relationship you have with this other person, it sends a message to the other person that there's no interest in it developing and there's no privacy for it to grow. It can't grow. You can't be flirty when the text string has my spouse on it too. It just feels awkward and weird. So it sends a message. Hey, we don't, it just doesn't happen. It doesn't go there. It also makes it so it never gets weird. So the communication and time spent is going to be with all three or all four of the, the people in the relationship. Now there are times when that can't be. All right. For example, if this person want to continue playing tennis um, with this partner, then they need to be able to play tennis when there are other people around and they don't go early and stay late. Both of them need to be transparent in their time to maintain the trust in the relationship with their spouse so that they can maintain that level of vulnerability and openness for a strong, intimate relationship. Because as soon as there's even the slightest awkward discomfort, it starts to kind of glitch out the relationship system. So we need transparency. Well, I would encourage everyone that's married to have an open phone with their location, complete transparency, 
no passcodes. Why? Because as soon as we have a passcode, we're protecting something. As soon as we are blocking someone from our location, we are protecting something, privacy. Okay. Now let's let's be let's talk about privacy. Some people, oh man, emo. Oh, I got a privacy. No, privacy is shutting the door when you're going to the bathroom. That's privacy. What I'm talking about that you're confused with is secrecy. Privacy and secrecy, okay? Privacy is my notes of my clients. That's private information. It's not secret. That's private. Secret information is stuff that could be public information, but I'm trying to protect it. That secrecy is like the Petri dish, okay? It is the the medium of growth. It's the fertilizer for these plants to grow faster, okay? It is not a good thing to have is that secrecy. So if you're confusing secrecy with privacy as a way to justify the shenanigans, let's be honest, there's no need for privacy except for shutting the door when you go to the bathroom, okay? And even then, let's be honest, how often do we even shut the door anymore? We don't. Probably should, but we don't. Because there's transparency in the relationship. So we keep the transparency open, pipeline of communication open. We, um, we don't spend time alone chatting or with the other person alone. There's always got to be somebody else around. And the other thing that we can do, in addition to those things, is make the relationship a priority. If you're spending more time pursuing your spouse, which creates a sense of security because you're pursuing, you're putting energy into the relationship, then there's less energy going into a different relationship. And if you're both putting energy into the relationship simultaneously, then that creates a sense of security in the relationship. It doesn't compensate for the boundaries. You still got to have the boundaries. But in addition to those boundaries, those rules, then we also invest time, energy into the relationship. I think that wraps up today's chit-chat on the importance of values, uh, the rules, the, um, the different strategies to protect the sanctity of the relationship. If we get lazy in this, we open ourselves up to a lot of damage. Next podcast will be on Monday, the 26th at 1 p.m. We're trying a bunch of different times to see which times work the best for other people. And of course, if you know people that were hoping to join in the podcast and they missed it because they had meetings or places to take their kids or had to work, the podcasts will be recorded and put up on Spotify and other podcasting programs. If you've got a question, please email it to me at email at emailharker.com and I will find a way to answer those questions either in a podcast or email you right back if it's something simple because we're all in this together. Thanks for joining the email show where we talk about all things relational and you are the star and the questions are the topics. 
Thanks for joining. Go to emoharker.com to get a free copy of my book, You Can Turn Conflict into Closeness.